Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Ron from the Boxing One Podcast. With the Andre Drummond rumors surrounding the Toronto Raptors, have you asked yourself, does that move actually make sense for the Raptors? We'll discuss that on today's episode. We also sprinkle in a little UEFA Champions League talk. Please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the little bell for notifications when we put out new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Boxing One Pod. So with that all said, let's get into it. Hey, what's up, Boxing One World? We are back with another episode. Uh, slight change today. We we plan to have a little bit of a talk about the uh, Negro Leagues, but that's been postponed due to some weather issues. So hopefully we can work something out for next week and we may have two episodes going next week. But uh, this week you get us uh, talking about uh, some Raptors with the Andre Drummond rumors. So if you're here for that, uh, stick around. We'll talk about that first. And then also a little bit of the UEFA Champions League. Osm and I uh, will give our thoughts and Ramit, if you have anything to add to that, you can always throw throw some thoughts in as well. Uh, but uh, I concur you guys... with both of you equally. <laughs> how are you guys doing today? I am good. How about you guys? I, I'm feeling much better after the Liverpool win, to be very honest. The last couple of weeks have been very, very uneasy for me. <laughs> I, I I mean, it's pretty much what I expected with Barcelona. The Raptors have, have broken my heart with that that loss against the T-Wolves. Uh, was it? Was it yesterday? I, I can't even I can't even think straight anymore. But I think it was yesterday. And like, so we'll start with the Raptors because the the T Wolves loss I think kind of highlights some of the issues that they've been having uh, over the the course of the season, especially like lately with OG and Obi being out. So they lost uh, what was it one sixteen one twelve? Um, just like the game was a lot more a lot closer than it should have been going down the stretch and. I don't know if you guys watched the game or if you got a chance to see it at all, but that that Pascal Siakam drive, like people are going crazy about that. Um, wondering if Pascal is a closer. I think he's probably not, but like it was a good look and like it just really sucks that that thing rolled out the way it did because I thought it was down. I thought they had a tie game, but really the Raptors should not be going down to the wire with the Minnesota Timberwolves if they want to like make any kind of noise in the playoffs. I know we don't think that they're going to be a contender for the finals, but like Come on, like against the T-Wolves, this shouldn't happen. Uh, he's had three chances to close, and he's 0 for 3. However, all three of those chances were really, really, really close. I mean, here's a, for people to say he's not a closer, he doesn't have what it takes. I mean, he's gotten ex- the, the precise, the exact shot that he wanted to get or the exact attempt he wanted to get, he's gotten for himself all three times. Do I think he's the number one? No. But the narrative of that he can't be the guy that can close, we've seen him hit game-winning shots enough like many times over the years or like late game, score late game points. So I'm not going to buy except that narrative. Um, I think to what your point is, Ron, it's not that last minute that really is the issue. The issue is that they couldn't stop anybody to save their life. And the defense, the swarming defense that we once saw is gone. Yeah. We've lost Casal and Serge. Uh, OG isn't there, but I mean, it's, uh, I'm sure that played the, that, that plays a role, but even last year they had games where they didn't have Gasol. He wasn't healthy a lot. And, they man like I'm not. Are they going to be like the top one or two defense in the league this year? No, but 
they've just been terrible at times. And like to a team like Minnesota, that's not acceptable. Yeah, and, and so yeah, as, as my actually sorry sorry to cut you off. I just want to ask you a, a specific question before we get on to the Andre Drummond stuff. It's about um like so th- as you mentioned, Pramit, this is the third time that that Pascal's had a chance to close. Ozma, at what point do you say let's move on to somebody else and let them try to finish closing? Or do you just say, you know what, Pascal is our future. He's going to be here for a while. Let's let's see what he can do closing games. Yeah, I mean, like three is a ridiculously low number, right? Um, so I, I say keep running with him. What, what I would like to say more than the results is like what Pramit said, are, are you putting yourself in the best position to take that shot? If you are, then for the most part, you're good. You know, sometimes shots go, sometimes don't. But as long as you're taking the shot that you truly want to take in that circumstance or in that situation, based on the time that you've left in this spacing, I think I'm okay with it, right? You just don't want someone taking a bad shot at that time or making a bad decision, which can happen if he, let's say, fails four, five, six times in a row. And then suddenly, you know, doubts could creep in and stuff like that. But that's, again... We've seen so much from him and, you know, the playoff struggles kind of, you know, been stringing along for a while, like, you know, since last playoffs. But the fact of the matter is that this also is part of that development, right? If you want him, maybe not one, but a one A or or a two, this has to be part of that development. In all honesty, Raptors are not going to win the championship this year. So so why why do you want to try someone else? Just... Let him have that. See if he can develop. If he truly starts failing, then okay, then you go for a plan B. But then you have to worry about a lot more things than just him being a closer. To be very honest. So, and I think that dovetails nicely with with the with our first topic, the the Andre Drummond to the Raptors rumors, um, because I mean, I, like I think we all agree that we're not making a serious run in the playoffs. You know, maybe maybe we win around, maybe not. Um, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like something like the Andre Drummond rumors, I don't even know if that necessarily makes sense. I mean, we can get into the wh- whether whether he's, he's actually a good fit for the team and whether he's actually going to gonna change things and, and, you know, change our fortunes for this season. But, you know, making that kind of move, which is very short term, like, do you guys see a reason to do that in, in, in a season like this? Does that, does that put us over any kind of hump to get us into serious contention? Not with the package that it's going to cost them to make the money work. I mean, the guys on their roster that are making money are Kyle, Fred, OG, Pascal, Siakam, and then Norm Powell's a bit below that. Do you re- Are you really going to give up any of those long gut pieces for Drummond? If they're going to trade Kyle Lowry this year, if that ends up happening, are they going to want to trade him for Drummond? That's the return you're going to get for him? I mean... There's a clear need at center. There's a clear need for rebounding. There's a clear need for D. I think that he could fit here, but I mean, I'm looking at some of these trade offers. It's just like lumping together a bunch of guys and Stanley Johnson and Aaron Baines and throwing in Norm. And then Norm Powell has to be included to make it work. Or you can argue that Norm Powell has been better than Andre this year. Looking at their win shares, Powell's been better, more valuable. You're going to give up a more valuable player plus your depth in order to get a uh, short to fill a short-term need when you're not this probably isn't the season and on top of it he's not okay so 
you have a de- need at the on the defensive end, obviously. So you see why a name like that comes up. Offensively, he's not that great. But the other thing is, how good of a player he is with something like a pick and roll or something? Like, does he and, sit for the system? And, and that's that's been my uh, primary. When we first discussed this, like four four episodes ago, I think when we we first had this idea, like we we said we haven't seen enough of what he can do defensively on the pick and roll. Um, so we weren't sure. Like, I, I think I was starting to lean towards it might be a good idea. But I, I went back and I watched him tape. So what the Cleveland Cavaliers have been doing, and this might have been specific to some of the matchups that I saw, but they were icing icing the pick and roll. So basically they would drop Drummond back into the paint and handle the pick and roll that way, which is kind of what the Raptors were doing against the Celtics, I think, in the playoffs last year. Um, but the problem is he drops back so far sometimes that he gets himself into such bad positions that he can't recover and and it makes his his rim protection kind of kind of useless at that point because he's coming over so late and and it, it opens up other things in the lane uh and i think part of what we're seeing anyways with the raptors is you know right now i don't think like obviously a rim protector is an issue we don't have one so you know except for you know maybe the weak side help from from chris boucher but the 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 perimeter defense has been awful and if the 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 opposing team is starting starting off by getting past your guards very easily and getting into the paint, like you know Andre Drummond, sure he can come over and maybe help on some of those occasions, but it's still going to open up so much more. And that's what you see on a lot of defensive sets for the Raptors, where they're just running around trying to recover. And you know they're good at doing it, but it makes it puts so much more pressure on the defense. And if you see that T Wolves game from the other day, like that's, that's what, what what the problem was. I heard people saying that it was Pascal's defense. It wasn't Pascal's defense. He wasn't the issue. It was, it was people getting into the lane with, with ease and doing whatever they wanted and passing out to, you know, a wide open Ricky Rubio who had a great shooting night, which doesn't happen often, but that's the problem. They've been giving up a lot of good shooting nights to a lot of not good shooters. Right. And part of their defense last year was forcing bad shooters to shoot shots. That's why they gave up a lot of three-point attempts, although the three-point percentage was low. This year, that's not the case. They were about 32 or 33% opponent three-point percentage last year, which is tops in the league. This year, they're in the middle at about 37%. The teams are getting into the lane more easily. I think not having the center as your sort of like anchor is having an impact as to how they have how they run things, but yeah, to your point, I mean, Drummond, he'd help in some areas. I mean, I just think that getting those extra rebounds and helping them close possessions will help, but it won't have them scrambling after giving up an offensive rebound that, that would, that would help them Uh, having a body. So teams are just less willing to drive to the rim. Uh, Having like that wall back there could help. Uh, they could, I mean, even with the pick and roll, even last year in the playoffs, they had get games just to trick Boston. They'd bring Gasol all the way out and double team Kemba when he had the ball and force him out. But at times that kind of that backfired in that one game where Kemba got that like no look pass off to Tice and he got that dunk just before OG hit that shot. So I mean, that's a that's a risky play too, but it works sometimes, and you can't run with it all the time. He would fit. I mean, just given the needs, he would fit. I just don't see how – I mean, they've been so bad at center. He would definitely fit. And I just don't see how you could, from a trade perspective, 
put the package together given the contracts. I mean, there, there's been talk about including another team, but well, like, yeah, in the grand the way. in the grand scheme of things, like I, I've looked at some of the advanced numbers as well. Like I, I you know, you look at his on off numbers. Uh, on Cleveland, and and you go back a couple of years to to Detroit. It's it's not great. It like it doesn't look like he makes that that big of an impact. His warp isn't isn't great uh, when you look at even his best years. Um, so I mean, I, I think Doug Smith tweeted something about him talking to an advanced scout and said something about you know if you want to see a guy who puts up thirty points and twenty rebounds but has very little impact on the game, that's that's Andre Drummond. And like another guy like that is Hassan Whiteside. Like same kind of deal. You can put up numbers, but you know, at the end of the day in basketball, box score is not uh, the, the box score numbers aren't really what is going to drive winning. And I just I don't think that he has that big of an impact. And I mean when you look at it, it's it's a half year rental, right? You're not going to have him potentially past this season. So is there really a point in making any moves for this year when like, it's not going to put you anywhere near where you need to be. So like I, I for, for me, uh, like Baines is not ideal uh, as a starter. Maybe if you can find Prime, you've mentioned this before, if you can find somebody who's cheap and, you know, maybe athletic can move a little bit more, I'd be fine with that. Otherwise just, just go small and use Baines in those matchup situations where he works. That's the best way to do it. I mean, here, they're so, I think people are enamored with the idea of Drummond. I mean, they're so bad at center that he's an upgrade over anything they have. The more you, it's just a, it's the package, right? Like if the guy were making nineteen million instead of twenty eight million, you could probably get it done. But what he's making and what you have to get up to make to make salaries match. And I, it's just, I don't see the fit without other teams getting involved in a bigger trade happening, which you never know what's going to go on, but that's my take on it. Yeah, and there's definitely intrigue in what Nick Nurse could do with a guy like that in his lineup, so I'm sure that's part of it. But, you know, just, just capping off this idea, not directly Drummond-related, but a guy who's also been in the news lately is, um, you know, uh, Blake Griffin. And Pranit, you're going to find this funny, but I mean, it's it's been out there um, about Detroit sitting him looking for a potential trade partner or ultimately potentially buying him out at his, you know, 37, 38 million, whatever he's making right there. Um, would you guys consider that in any way just to get a big man with, you know, it'll be, you know, very low cost because he's coming off a buyout. So would you guys consider a guy like Blake Griffin just to see what happens? If he's bought out and he can play the center position, and he's well, I mean, and he comes here for and like he just comes here and you don't really have to give up much. I mean, he's worth a look. He's a name. Yeah, uh, yeah, at the center as a pure center, and just and maybe that's what he is now. And just have a bot, and if he's willing to accept his role as a guy who's just going to rebound. And I mean, I don't want to even call him a rim protector at this. He's never really been a rim protector, but he's never really played center much either, to be honest. But a, a big guy who's just there to rebound and sort of not a rim protector, but a wall in a limited role, uh, get some putbacks and things like that, uses physical, uses size. Yeah, uh, that could work. Again, he is 6'9, not 7 feet. And I know people are going to think that's not a big difference, but it is a big difference. So he won't solve all their problems, but I mean, I'm sure he is an upgrade if he's willing to accept a 
a specific role on the team and not still want to be getting logging the minutes and being used in the way that he's accustomed to. Yeah, I think if he's willing to come in as a role player and if he's coming off a buyout, there's no downside. Just give it a shot, right? Um, there could only be upside from there onwards because you're not giving up anything. Uh, minimal cost. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd go for it, especially on the defensive end, maybe. No. Yeah, it can't get much worse than Aaron Baines. Exactly. I'd like to see it, whether it happens or not. I'm, I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of teams who are, you know, kind of, it'd be interesting to see if he went to the Lakers, you know, kind of as an, uh, as an FU to the Clippers. Um, but, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. We'll keep our eyes open. I, I, I just, well, I hope. To, to your point, I mean, given the Anthony Davis situation, that could be the move they make. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's cheap. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping that the, drum into the Raptors thing doesn't but if it does I mean yeah sure uh let's let's see what happens uh, as long as we don't give up anything crazy so we'll, we'll move on to the to the final topic and and guys we're trying to keep this short you know we kind of got caught off guard today with having to shuffle things around but um Azam uh, I know you want to talk a little bit of uh, Champions League because uh your team Liverpool beat uh, RB Leipzig 2-0 and uh my team Barcelona lost to PSG 4-1 so if you'd like to start it off with the you know the happier side of things, uh, go ahead and give us your your thoughts on uh, Liverpool's performance. Yeah, I mean it, it was a good performance, right? So both on the pitch, like technically as well as maybe from a confidence perspective, like this has been a brutal month of January, and well, actually it's been a brutal twenty twenty one for them. Uh, they've had flashes of brilliance, but for the most part. I think they're out of the Premier League race. Um, right now, there's a battle for the fourth position, secure Champions League spot next year. I think that's probably what they would hope to achieve this season now. Um, so I think I thought they played really well. Like, um, if uh, if anyone who watched the Leicester game over the weekend, they started off really well, controlled it pretty well in the first half, uh, took the lead, and then they just had a huge meltdown, giving up three goals in, I think, eight or nine minutes. Um, it was terrible. And that was coming off of uh, a game where Allison had a pretty poor game. And then again in Leicester, he made a couple of uh, blunders and really cost them the game. So uh, I think this was a good comeback win for them. I think they needed it uh, as far, like just for confidence. But what I like to see was that they continued to press. Um, the new uh, centre-back they got, Ozan Kabak, I think he looked really good. Um one seven duels. Uh, I I think his completion pass completion was eighty six percent, and then and he won both off the ground as well as the in the aerial duel. So I think he looked really well composed back there. Uh, he looked good last game as well when he made his debut, but that one crucial error that cost him, like I think kind of dented it a little bit. But besides getting booked, overall he had a very solid game. And the good thing was that when Leipzig uh, uncharacteristically made a couple of. Uh, errors on the back end. Um, both Salah and Mane were available to pounce on it and score it. That's how they got both goals. Uh, they punished the opponents. Uh, they didn't allow Leipzig to play to their own strengths. Controlled the game really well. I thought it was a very good win for them. Yeah, and then on the flip side, uh, you have Barcelona's performance, which uh, so you talk about your your center back and, and how good he looked. And on the Barcelona side, uh, our you know we had Gerard Piquet playing, uh, who hasn't played since. November, uh, you kind of forced into into action because our center back position is, I mean, the back line in general is quite frankly uh, not looking great. 
Um, you know, we had a 20 year old starting at right back who's, you know, Serginho Dest has, has played well. Um, but coming into a Champions League game when he also hasn't seen a lot of action lately, um, it's it's difficult to to work uh, a 20 year old inexperienced right back with a, a very slow footed center back right next to him. Oh, when you have- <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good comp. That's that's a good. This is like uh, I don't know who, who was a young guy that would, would have been playing with Caberly at the time. I, I don't know, but like Luke Shen, sure. Sure, I, I don't. Did they overlap at all? I don't. Th- I don't know if they overlapped. I don't know that. I don't remember. But it, 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 sure, like th- th- that works because and then and then you have like somebody like Ovechkin. Let's say you know continuing on with the with the hockey comparison and, and Mbappe coming at you. Like it's it's not the easiest thing to try to deal with. And it like it was fine at first. You know we we got up one nothing, but there were you could see early on in the match there were there was loads of space uh, on the left side, which is where PSG was was attacking mostly and, and eventually it came back to bite Barcelona in the ass uh like I don't think any Barcelona fan is really expecting much from this season um we're we're, we're third in, in La Liga you know we have a game in hand on Real Madrid so potentially we can move up to second but this is very much a transition year for Barcelona um they're getting a lot of minutes for for the kids especially in their in their last league game against Alaves um you know the, the kids got to play you know in preparation for this match but I mean, I, I wasn't expecting anything. 4-1, I guess, is maybe along the lines of what what I mean, what I would have thought going into this game. It's it's not great, but I mean, like nobody in their right minds would expect Barcelona to win this game because they're just they're not the team that they once were. Um, but I, if we can get anything out of the season, hopefully it's it's the Kings Cup, which they're still in the competition. They're playing against uh, against Sevilla, uh, but even in that, they're they're down to oh, we lost us. <laughs> Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Where's my uh, screen back? By mistake. That, that you th- you threw the the entire laptop. <laughs> <laughs> so mad at the scoreline. Yeah, but yeah, we're down two nothing in the in the Kings Cup as well. So I mean, like we we probably won't be getting any silverware out of this season. So I mean, it is what it is. Like it's just nice to see some of the kids play uh, every now and then. And like I, I'm I'm not overly invested in this season right now. So. I, you can tell, like, I'm not getting really mad as I would be like in another season where, you know, they, they put up awful performances. Well, we'll see what happens next year, uh, especially with Messi. And uh, it should be interesting times for Barcelona ahead, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be the, the interesting part. Um, I think off the field, Barcelona is more interesting these days than on the field. Are they? Is, is there? Is, oh, I, oh, you mean just the messy stuff? Like aside from the messy, and then the board, and it's like fun stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I probably put that. Out, I know we had like a, a whole episode about that, and I kind of put that out of my mind. But like, yeah, that that that's about it. And like, we don't know what's going to happen going forward. And Messi probably, like, I would hope that he goes just because of the money. And some people are going to hate me for saying that, especially Barcelona fans. But like, it's it's a lot of money to pay when you need a lot more. Uh, on that team than just the one guy. For sure. So I, I, I think that's it. I don't know. Is there anything else you guys wanted to cover? This is a little bit of a short episode. but No, I, mean, I, I think we've covered everything. Um, just uh, some nap, sad news that the Derek Fisher era for the Toronto Blue Jays is over. I uh, got traded uh, for, well, Blue Jays actually won that deal with Astros, if you think about it. They're getting a cash and a player to be named later. You're getting both for Derek Fisher. That's probably the Best deal trade Atkins and them have made so far. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Sanchez didn't do anything. Biagini hasn't played like through. 
I think, 19 terrible innings since the trade. So, But overall, I think it offers some clarity. There was a lot of glute in the outfield. So, yeah, something had to give. Me being a basketball guy, when you said Derek Fisher, I was thinking of the ex-Lakers player Derek Fisher <laughs> in, in, the, in the Blue Jays outfield. The ex-Knicks coach Derek Fisher. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, and anything else, guys? Before we uh, before well, we call last tonight? thing here is I'm looking at the Raptors cap situation for next year. Aaron Baines has a team option. Do you think that option will be picked up? <laughs> you know, to to be honest with you, like the the amount of hate that Baines has got, um, like it's not that it's not warranted. Uh, I know people were there was one game where or a couple games where he didn't grab any rebounds. I, I don't think he's as bad a rebounder as as people have made him out to to be after those two games. I don't mind him in the right situation. He's definitely the type of guy where he's a matchup guy. So when you have Embiid, uh, you know, you can throw him in there for a few minutes. But he's he this role where they have him, that he has no business being your starting center because he gives you nothing offensively. And even defensively, if you saw the game against JV, like he he gave very little in that game too. You know, he was a starting center for Boston. A you know, a first I didn't realize that he's as old as he is. He's uh, 34. 34. I did not realize that either. I didn't realize. I thought he was closer to 30. I'm looking at his. Uh, he did a basketball uh, reference page, so maybe age is something to do with it. But a few years ago, he started for Boston, a team that went to the conference finals. And like, I mean, in in his limited minutes, he did fine. I mean, the guy, the guy just can't dunk or finish at the rim or jump anymore. Maybe the leaping ability just went. But the crazy thing is the entire team can't finish at the rim. Like, I think we're we're under, like, 47% finishing at the rim for the season. Yeah, we're pretty, ter- we're pretty terrible. But a, a guy that's his size should at least be able to dunk it. <laughs> like, just dunk the damn thing. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And, and there have been a lot of situations where he's right at the rim and he just blows those bunnies. Where Like, he, that shouldn't happen. That should not happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year he averaged 11.5 points a game. Now, granted, it was a bad Phoenix team, but he did start quite a bit. So, I mean, he did. And he looked good doing it. But, see, that that's the funny thing. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Alex Len in, in Washington, but he was putting up some okay numbers. I think, I, like, when I saw him on my fantasy league and I saw the numbers that he was putting up, I'm like, ah, maybe I should pick him up. But I, I didn't. But, like, he's looked a lot better. But it's just, you know, when you're on a bad team, there's, there's a lot more opportunity. And maybe that's a case... Yeah, I mean, Washington plays no D whatsoever. So their games are like 130, 140 points minimum. So if you're just a warm body out on the floor, you're going to get some points. Just like we would average five or six points a game each. (laughs) Just at the pace of just at the pace that they play at. Did you get a call yet, Pramit? Are they looking for you to play for them or? No, their backcourt's filled, right? I mean, Beal and Westbrook hogged the ball. We're, We're a. no, I gotta sit in. And you're a high usage player too, right? So that that that's not gonna work. I could just see the arguments between yeah. you and Westbrook. Yeah, it's not gonna work. I can't I can't play with those guys. It'll be like Houston, Harden, and Westbrook all over again. <laughs> all right, so guys, I, th- I think that's a, g- a good spot to to end it off on. Um, everybody, thank you very much as always for for listening and watching. Uh, the response to our last episode was was great, and we're all actually really caught by surprise so if you haven't seen it uh we had andrew stoughton on talking blue jays uh definitely check that out but uh you know we have some some episodes planned um more raptors stuff 
you know, like we mentioned, uh, Negro League Baseball, uh, we're going to be talking some of that too. Um, hopefully, we can get that to you guys soon. But um, other than that, just make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Boxing One Pod. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you hit the bell for some notifications whenever we put out stuff. And, you know, make sure you like our stuff, share it, uh, comment. You know, that, that really helps us out. And also on the on the audio side, um, we're also available in audio form on any pod, podcast platform. Um, again, rate us, uh, share it with your friends. Um, just, you know, make, make sure you help us out. If, if you enjoy our stuff, you know, interact with us and, and let us know if there's anything that, that you want to hear. Uh, you know, we, we, we always look forward to any kind of feedback. And if there's a sport you want us to cover, we'll watch it. And yeah, we'll absolutely. Uh, our, our our team is now. Um, so we, we were talking about this. I, I guess we should announce it. Uh, Wrexham has now been adopted as our as our team in England, uh, especially with the Ryan Reynolds uh, news being made official. So uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll give you a small segment whenever they have a game, um, and we can give you some updates on how they're doing. And hopefully, you know, the, the end game is Ryan Reynolds. We would like you to come on this program. Um, I believe, Azam, you've been reaching out to his representation. Yes, I have not heard back, but I am hopeful. And if you're watching Ryan Reynolds for whatever reason, I don't know why, but if you are, please respond and we'd love to have you on our show. Sure. <laughs> don't scoff at that. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching or listening. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.